Dear guests, dear shareholders, my dear colleagues, it's a great pleasure for me to uh, welcome you all to F.L. Smith's general meeting here in 2019 here in Valbu, outside Copenhagen, our headquarters. In pursuance of the Articles of Association, the board directors will appoint the chairman of the meeting for the AGM, and like in many years before, we have decided to ask Mr. Klaus Sugar, attorney at law, to be our chairman of the meeting. Over to you. I will do my best. You made it sound as if I was very old. Perhaps I am, says the chairman of the meeting. One of the things I have to do first is to find out whether the meeting has been lawfully convened. I've checked it before I uh, came here, and this is my conclusion that we have been lawfully convened. Let me just... Uh, uh, stress a couple of the rules we must comply with. They're in legislation and in the Article of Association of the company. When uh, is the meeting to be held and where is it to be held and how is it to be convened? Ha- is it to be held in Metropolitan Copenhagen? Yes. Before the 1st of May? Yes, that's also in order. And three to five weeks' notice. 19th of February uh, was the convening notice, so that is okay. The way uh, the meeting is convened is mainly through the website, but also via the stock exchange, uh, message to the stock exchange, an announcement, and also an email to those shareholders who have so requested, and that has also been done. If you want an item to be on the agenda, it must reach the company not later than six weeks before. This time around, there is one proposal under... Um, Eight, which was uh, received in, at the right time and will be processed today. We have 230 shareholders, 98 have given a proxy uh, to the board and 203 have voted in advance on the website via the investor portal. You can find forms or you can tick off how you want to vote and you can do that in advance. You can use the form and tick off or you can vote by letter. 203 have voted in advance. 146 had turned up uh, when we counted. 110 of them were shareholders. So actually, they represent 49% of the total share capital, so that's quite good. Everything today can be adopted with a simple majority, except the small technical change uh, to the article of social mention. Articles of Association, which require two-thirds majority. 7-1 requires two-thirds majority. And uh, over to uh, the uh, report from the chairman of the board. Over to the chairman of the board, Mr. Vaughan Sons, and you have the floor. Thank you, Klaus. Thank you very much, Klaus. Dear shareholders, guests, colleagues... I'm very pleased to welcome you this time to the headquarters in Valby for the second year. But I'm even more pleased to note that 2018 was the year in which F.L. Smith restored growth. Our strong market position combined with improved market conditions in the mining industry drove a higher turnover and the strongest order intake in six years. Unlike the minerals market, the cement market showed no improvements in 2018, but we can be proud that we show a strong relative performance in a very competitive market, and we are not just standing idly by, waiting for the market to improve. We took steps to improve the profitability of our cement business during the autumn of 2018. 
and we are working hard to take a greater share of the market for products and upgrade product projects. Whilst we delivered strong results in terms of cash flows in recent years, 2018 was a disappointment in this respect. I'll touch on this in greater detail a little later, but let me just say that we will obviously prioritize improving our cash flows in the coming years, and we have every confidence that we will succeed. As I explained last year, our ambition is to be the leading provider of sustainable productivity for the global cement and mining industries. In order to strengthen our position, we implemented a new organizational structure in July 2018. Over the past few years, we have strengthened our product line management and consolidated offices and administrative functions at a regional level. In 2018, those initiatives enabled us to take the final step to becoming one integrated business. Our new operating model builds on a strong industry set up in mining and cement with ownership of the product portfolios anchored in the two industries. The two industries are supported by seven regions which are in charge of sales and service activities for the customers in their particular region. The new way of working creates a foundation for growth by bringing us closer to our customers and securing a stronger focus on our life cycle offering. The benefits for our customers is that they will always have an F.L. Schmidt sales contact nearby and direct access to the F.L. Smith Global Technology Centers. The decentralized service organization means customers get faster response times at lower cost, and it makes it simpler doing business with F.L. Schmidt. The new organizational structure also provides a strong platform for digitization, which is gradually becoming an integral part of all aspects of our business. Complexity is an obstacle to the digital evolution, and with our new organizational structure, we have overcome that issue by significantly reducing complexity. In fact, our new operating model supports and is a natural next step to the strategic focus areas we addressed in 2017 and carried over into 2018, that is customers, sustainability, and innovation and digitization, which are our long-term focus areas and expand our wear parts business, increase product sales and standardization, which are our short-term focus areas. As for customers, I have already explained how the new organization structure has brought us closer to our customers. In a world that's becoming ever more protectionist and nationalistic, a local presence is crucial to success. Also having a local footprint is essential to winning a greater share of the lucrative aftermarket. Our new organization is built on growth. At the same time, the growing global population and the associated demand for improved living standards drive growth in the production of cement and minerals. However, the production must be more sustainable and at a lower cost to the environment if we are to protect and preserve our planet for future generations. As a premium supplier to cement and mining industries, we share a responsibility with our customers, suppliers, and business partners to drive change and progress that will ensure a sustainable business. The increased global focus on climate change is making our customers look for new solutions to optimize their operations and secure their license to operate. It's a huge 
industry challenge to find more sustainable solutions that will reduce CO2 emissions and minimize waste and the use of water in the cement and mining industries. But it is also a business opportunity. Through innovation, digitization, and our strong processing expertise, we can help our customers to become more profitable by using less energy and fewer resources, and thereby to reduce their emissions and water consumption. Common characteristics of our innovative solutions are financial viability and minimum impact on the environment. Sustainability and productivity are inherently intertwined. They are two sides of the same coin, as reflected in our vision, we drive success through sustainable productivity enhancement. Water waste and CO2 emissions rank high on the agendas of our customers, and that has been our cue to address the following of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. That is goal number six, clean water and sanitation, and goal number 13, climate action. We will continue to improve our solutions in order to reduce the need for water. This is mainly relevant for minerals processing, which is an area in which we already hold a leading position in dry stack tailings, a method for reducing water from the exploration process. We'll also continue to optimize our products and processes so we can help our customers reduce their energy consumption, CO2 emissions, and costs. Both direct and indirect effects warrant our attention. Thanks to the dedicated and focused efforts, we achieved all our sustainability targets for the year, with the exception of the proportion of female managers. Like many other engineering businesses, we have a low proportion of female employees. But that being said, we firmly believe that having diverse teams in terms of cultural background, gender, age, and nationality will improve our ability to create a sustainable business. Therefore, we remain committed to reverse the trend at F.L. Schmidt in respect of the numbers of women with management responsibilities. We've taken various initiatives to achieve our target of women to make up 18% of our overall workforce and 13% of our management staff by 2023. Our total recorded injury frequency rate, TRIFR, which includes our suppliers, improved from 3.2 to 3.0 in 2018, continuing the positive trend we have achieved over the past many years. In 2018, we reduced our consumption of fresh water to 227,000 cubic meters and reduced our CO2 emissions to 60,000 tons, improving on the latter by more than 5,000 tons compared to 2017. In, our recognition, in recognition of our efforts to sustainability, we were rated AA by MSCI ESG on a scale from AAA to C. Increasing numbers of investors look to this rating when considering whether we are a responsible business. As I have already mentioned, sustainability at F.L. Schmidt is closely related to innovation and digitization. Scarce resources such as energy, water, and raw materials leads to higher operating costs and increased complexity for our customers in the cement and mining industries. That requires innovation, digitization, and high-tech solutions. As I mentioned, our new operating model is based on strong foundations in mining and cement, with the two industries having full ownership of our product portfolios. 
When combined with reduced organizational complexity, we have a strong platform for innovation and digitization. And in 2018, we stepped up innovation and digitization by spending 37% up to Danish kroner, 289 million. Digitization is not new to F.S. Schmidt. In fact, our experience in automating cement plants goes back several years, and we're now taking the next step to make our products and solutions intelligent and self-learning. Michael Lindholm came on board as our chief digital officer and a member of our executive management on 1st of May 2018. Michael has brought extensive experience from working with the Internet of Things, and he's in charge of our new digital organization that supports and accelerates the development of our new digital solutions and processes in mining and cement. Aiming to create a platform for new products and solutions, we launched an Internet of Things platform and field agents connecting our equipment to the digital cloud. We also launched a number of new commercial projects, such as SAG-WISE, a solution to optimize the operation of grinding mills in the mining industry. In order to enhance our in-house productivity, we launched new intelligent HR and procurement platforms, and we put 15 new soft bots in operation to perform repetitive tasks and improve the quality of our products. At last year's general meeting, I reported on our work to expand our products either to new geographies or to adjacent markets. I was talking about projects such as pumps and packaging systems, areas where you already have a position as technology leader. In our new operating models, our local salespeople sell all F.L. Smith products, and that will support ongoing expansion over the coming years. At the same time, we're working to improve on other products in areas where, historically, we have not been considered leaders. One example is grinding mills, which are critical equipment at a cement factory. A few years ago, we were, at best, number three or four in the market for cement mills. In 2018, we became a proud market leader after a dedicated effort to improve our mills. The progress we made in the mill market may largely be attributed to our introduction of value engineering and modularization, which enable us to rethink the design of our products. This has helped us reduce the complexity of our mills by more than 50%, as measured by the reduced number of parts and systems, whilst also giving our customers 50% more options to choose from in other words, we have successfully reduced costs and complexity while achieving better quality and functionality. Product standardization also offers other significant benefits, such as shorter production and delivery times and a reduced risk of errors. One of the obvious benefits of standardization is what we're using more of the same components in the production, whereby we achieve better prices and a higher quality. At the same time, we have a supply chain financing program, which helps us streamline and professionalize the approach towards our suppliers. After a number of difficult years, mining companies began again to invest towards the end of 2017. Although commodity prices have softened, CAPEX investments continue to grow in 18, resulting in strong growth in mining orders, intake, and a larger order book that will support our revenue in the coming years. Macroeconomic uncertainty and jitters have been increasing. 
but the robust mining industry fundamentals indicate that the need uh, to invest remains. This is especially true for copper, which is the most important mineral to F.L. Smith. The demand for copper is being supported by a growing interest on sustainable energy, including offshore wind turbines and electric vehicles. But there's a declining supply of copper unless mining companies invest in new capacity. This is because copper grades are declining, so the production from existing mines will go down unless producers invest in new capacity. In the cement industry, market conditions were unchanged in 2018. There are a few big projects up for tender, and the market is very competitive with stable low prices. F.L. Smith has a strong position as the leading premium supplier, but with no market improvement, our focus will remain on growing our market share for products and upgrade products, projects, and on achieving in-house efficiency improvements to enhance our profitability. The market for small and medium-sized cement orders showed solid development in 2018. This trend is expected to continue as long as the inflow of new capacity to the market remains moderate. Our strong market position combined with improved market conditions in the mining industry drove a higher turnover and order intake in 18. Our order intake grew by 13% to 21.7 billion in 18, the highest level in six years. We typically experience a one-year time lag from order intake to revenue in F.L. Smith, but project execution times in the mining industry have increased. So our consolidated revenue was up 4% to $18.8 billion in 18, just short of the midpoint of our guidance range. Adjusted for currency effects and acquisitions, our revenue was up 7%. Projects and uh, products accounted for 46% of revenue, while the service business represented 54% of our revenue. Our EBITDA margin was 8.5%. We guided 8 to 10. EBITDA rose from 1.5 billion in 17 to 1.6 billion in 18. Driven by the increase in revenue, partly offset by weaker earnings in the cement business. The profit for the year went up by a large margin because financial items, tax and discontinued activities had a much less negative impact than in the year before. The return on the invested capital improved from 10.4% in 17 to 11.0% in the year under review. This was at the midpoint of our guidance range. Cash flows from operating activities were impacted by significant negative developments from discontinued activities. The free cash flow amounted to 100 million Danish kroner. In early 19, F.L. Smith divested the discontinued activities, that is the loss-making material handling business relating to port installations. This business has been up for sale since 15, but the sales process has taken longer than we expected. I should point out that the projects that were in the portfolio prior to the sale are still handled by F.L. Smith and are expected to be finalized in 19 or 20. We don't expect any extra revenue from these projects, but based on the level of provisions and the networking capital, they are expected to have a negative impact on cash flows of around 150 million kroner. Now, let's turn to acquisitions. We announced in February that we expect to acquire IMP Automation Group. IMP is a global market leader in automated laboratory solutions for the mining industry. The company's solutions complement the products 
provided by Phil Smith for quality control and optimization of processes in the mining industry. This transaction is expected to close in the second quarter of 19, and it will include F.L. Smith taking over 130 employees. Mining in 18 accounted for 56% of our consolidated revenue. Projects and products contributed 35% of mining sales, while services made up 65%. The order intake in the mining business grew by 24% to 12.9 billion kroner. Revenue was up 8% to 10.6 billion in 18, driven mainly by stronger demand for brownfield projects and equipment. The higher revenue drove up the EBITA margin to 11.3% in 18 from 103 the year before. Our cement business accounted for the remaining 44% of the consolidated revenue in the year under review. Projects and products contributed 59% of cement sales, while services made up 41%. The order intake in cement was unchanged at uh, 8.9 billion krona. Uh, but it was up 3% when adjusted for currency effects. There were just few large orders offered for tender in 18, but we did secure two major orders in Central America and a robust flow of small and medium-sized orders. Cement revenue was down by 3% to $8.2 billion in 18, but was unchanged uh, when we adjust for currency effects. The EBITA margin in the cement business fell to 4.6% in 18 from 5.8% the year before due to a lower gross margin and costs related to efficiency improvements. Despite the improved EBITA, 2018 was a disappointing year when you look at the cash flow. Cash flows from operating activities amounted to 0.4 billion kroner, and net interest-bearing debt increased by 0.4 billion to 1.9 billion Danish kroner in 18. Our financial gearing, calculated as the ratio of net debt to EBITDA, rose to 1.1 at the end of 2018, but that's still well below the goal of a maximum ratio of 2.0. Equity grew by 0.2 billion to 8.3 billion kroner in 18, driven by the profit for the year, and the equity ratio rose to 38%, and that is well above our target of a minimum of 30%. The board directors here at the AGM proposes a dividend of 9 kroner per share, for 18, corresponding to a total distribution of 461 million kroner and a dividend yield of 3.1%. The payout ratio is 72%, which is higher than our target, which is 30 to 50% of the year's profit. But adjusted for the profit or loss on discontinued activities, the payout ratio is only slightly higher than the target. So we find that's reasonable based on our solid capital structure and the outlook for 2019, which I will come back to. Following very good returns in 16 and 17, the total shareholder return in 18 measured as the sum of share price appreciation and dividend paint was minus 17%. The C25 index fell by 13% in 18 for comparison. In 2019, we expect group revenue of 19 to 21 billion kroner and an EBITA margin of 9 to 10%. The return on the invested capital is expected to be 12 to 14%. 
So the low end of the three guidance parameters is higher than the reported result for 18. Our guidance is based on higher expected revenue from mining projects and equipment following a strong order intake in 18. It is also based on expectations that market conditions for the cement business will remain unchanged. Uh, we project cement revenue in line with 18. We expect to see improved earnings in cement driven by in-house efficiency enhancing initiatives, including the dismissals in 18 and the ongoing standardization of products and processes. With this expectation of growth in 19, management will strive to keep costs from growing at the same speed as revenue, while still prioritizing the investments that are paramount if we are to uh, create an even stronger F.L. Smith in the future. Aiming to strengthen our technology leadership, we expect to step up investments in innovation digitalization in 19. We also expect to allocate more resources to our sales force to support the expansion of products and wear parts and to build an even better local footprint or presence. Last but not least, management will be strongly focused on achieving a more positive trend in cash flows. The important element here is to manage working capital. And that actually constitutes a large part of the management's STI and LTI, the incentive plans. In accordance with the recommendations for the of the Committee on Corporate Governance, I will now review and briefly comment on the remuneration of the Executive Management and the Board of Directors. There were no deviations in 18 from the general remuneration guidelines adopted by the AGM. But the total remuneration of the executive management in 18 consisted of a gross salary, fixed salary including pension, and standard benefits such as a company car and phone. In addition, a cash bonus, which maximum can be 75% of the gross salary, and then performance-based shares representing values not exceeding 50% of their gross salaries at the date of grant. The intention of variable pay components is to ensure value creation and to enable the company to achieve its short and long-term goals. The executive management is the CEO and the CFO. And they're sitting to my left here. And they received a total remuneration in 18 of 23.6 million kroner compared with 20.7 million in 17. This increase was mainly due to higher base salaries. As in 18, the financial KPIs related to the executive management's performance-based remuneration will be order intake, EBITA margin, and working capital here in 19. In connection with the release of the annual report for 18, the board directors resolved to grant conditional shares to a total of 165 people. That's the group executive management and key employees. The cost of this program will be up to 53 million and it will involve a maximum number of shares of 164,612 calculated on the basis of the average closing price of the shares during the first five tra trading days after the release of the full year financial statements. Vesting and granting will be conditional on the achievement of financial targets related to the EBITDA margin and working capital as a percentage of revenue. There is then also 
a pool of an additional 8,500 conditional shares that may be awarded later in 2019. The costs associated with this pool may amount to up to 2.6 million kroner. The total remuneration of the board directors amounted to 6.5 million kroner in 18, again 6.6 million in 17. And the board is proposing no change to the uh, fees uh, to the board. In conclusion, I'd like to thank the executive management and the board directors for an excellent cooperation. I'd also like to thank our customers, employees, suppliers, and shareholders for uh, their positive response to the new operating model. Our employees have made a tremendous contribution to driving this transition, and the positive response from several of our customers makes us confident that we are now better prepared for the years ahead. Thank you for your attention. You now have an opportunity to ask questions or make comments. We have covered the first uh, four items on the agenda, and the first speaker now is Mr. Ustakor from the Employees Association. Chairman of the AGM, dear board and dear management, dear shareholders, I am Klaus Ustergaard, and I am here in my role as chairman of the Employees Association for those employed in Denmark by F.L. Schmidt. Last year, I started by saying that we are not just at the F.L. Schmidt annual general meeting, but actually in the headquarters of F.L. Schmidt. I still think that's a positive thing. In three or four years, we will probably be meeting at the general uh, assembly. Uh, assembly of general, annual general meeting with Schmidt in the new headquarters. Probably it is going to be called a campus like they do at some universities, and it's probably be in the area towards Viersler Allee, with where we will retain some of the red brick buildings. As employees, we will be looking forward to a headquarters that will allow for more cooperation rather than being spread out through many buildings. And it means that colleagues from all the world will be able to come and feel as part of F.L. Schmidt and our long story. And we will then have to accept a couple of years where we will have less space and maybe in buildings with poor air quality than now, but we'll just have to overcome that. I would recommend that you look at the posters in the lobby. I thought we had a timeline that was so artificially grand that it almost concealed the fact that we have already uh, exceeded a couple of deadlines. The times, however, have been so elegantly updated that, in fact, they are in line with realities today. Otherwise, in the year past, as we've seen F.L. Schmidt being reorganized. And for more than 20 years in F.L. Schmidt, I would say this is the most thorough change I have ever seen. As the chairman said, we have already seen so many silos based on the evaluation of the performance of each silo. Now we have a matrix organization with two industries and seven regions where operations and evaluations of indices and regions is simply another way of looking at the same cake. It's a good principle which will create value for F.L. Schmidt because the executive management will have more cooperation and fewer kingdoms. We have few, we have industries that own the products and the service concept and could be se- selling it to the regions that owe the customer contacts. 
the industries and regions will therefore be measured on the same yardstick and therefore they will be dependent on each other's performance. We as a global company with Danish values are in the best position to make this work. We also have, with this reorganization, have a digitization strategy with a driving force and a rooting in the top executive management. And it's great that in automation, O&M and other parts of the company, we have seen that we have been messing about and we, what we've been messing about with has now been standardized and spread out so that we can be, draw the benefits of this data-driven methods for the benefit of a Smith. So the perspective from you, dear shareholders, for you at the top management, for us as uh, the board, and we can see the reorganization of Schmidt as great. But seen from the shop floor, the nine months have not exactly been easy. We have new internal owners of customers, products, our services, and our projects. And I, our colleagues, spend quite a lot of time to get things happen because the new organization didn't actually know quite where to place these operations. Many excellent colleagues are still keeping up with things that are not actually part of their job in the new organization. But it hasn't yet been possible to find out where they should be moved to. So it's good in such a situation that we have dedicated colleagues that keep the job going. And I would like to thank everybody warmly for that. Furthermore, when we are tearing down silos, sometimes we forget that we are actually 11,368 silos employed by F.L. Schmidt. Silos that are good at different things that are not actually necessarily in the same silo at the organizational level my best efforts for F.L. Schmidt is partly one-third digitization, one-third region, and one-third industry. I and a number of colleagues have felt that having torn down so many silos, there was a clear expectation that we would fit into one and just one of the new ones, which would be 100% industry or region or digitization or group functions. I think it's a pity because we are losing a great deal of flexibility and opportunities for having the work done by the best people, by not having placed them elsewhere in the organization, and there's not flexibility to share without one unit feels that they're actually lending somebody out and they're paying for the jobs other people should do. I think we should find a solution to the situation together. I have always felt that F.L. Schmidt is made up of employees who all believe and also act in accordance with the idea that we should do things properly. Not naively, but properly. And to behave properly has acquired a new name recently, as F.L. Schmidt has also said, sustainability. I think it's great that we are trying to make it clearer that we work properly, behave properly, and that we keep it down that track so that we follow the expectation that we are doing things properly, but not naively. I said I was here in my role as chairman of the Members Associ Employees Association for the Employees in Denmark. It's actually not the full truth, because yesterday a new chairman was elected unanimously, 
and it was a fully considered and undramatic change. So from the next annual general meeting, it will be Leif Guntoft, my good colleague from Cement Process Design through many years, who will try and give you an idea of what is happening on the shop floor in F.L. Schmidt. So on behalf of the employees, I wish F.L. Schmidt a safe, sustainable, and in particular, successful year for F.L. Schmidt. I'll give the uh, floor to the chair of the board to comment, and then we will hear from Klaus Bernerville from ATPS. I'll be very brief, says the chairman. Uh, thank you, Klaus. As always, a very good, very well-argued input, and thank you for the excellent cooperation we have with your association and with employees in F.L. Smith. And we are happy that we can stay at this address going forward, but we will have updated and upgraded uh, rooms. I think it's a good way of taking the best of F.L. Smith and bringing that into the future. Thank you um, for your cooperation concerning the new organization operating model. I know to many of your colleagues it was a, a tall order, but uh, we, it's been a very constructive cooperation we've had. We know the adjustments to be made, and we are working constantly uh, to ensure that they can be done. Thank you very much. So the next speaker, Klaus Müller from ATP, the Danish Supplementary Labor Market Pension Scheme. Thank you. I'd like to start by thanking you for the report and the financial statements for 2018. 2018 was a good year and bad year for F.L. Smith. The mining division delivered excellent growth of revenue, 8%, and order intake, 24%. It went up. More higher investments in the mining industry were the reason. In the cement division, F.L. Smith had an order intake at the same level as the year before, but the margins in the division saw a disappointing decline. One of the reasons is that the cement division is still characterized by low market growth and high competition. The biggest disappointment in 2018 was the cash flow. The result was influenced by the last part of clearing out the bulk material handling business. It had quite a lot of influence on the working capital and the cash flow, and that was a big negative surprise. One thing is that uh, it was a negative surprise for us as investors, but it's actually even more serious that it would seem as if a management was surprised to see that the sale of the bulk material handling business had such a big impact on the cash flow. Now, if we look to 2019, the guidance from F.L. Smith is positive. You expect revenue to grow. Um, almost from, from up, up, maybe up to 12% and growth in margins. Because um, that comes from the increasing growth and operational gearing in the mining division and efficiency enhancement initiatives in the cement division. In uh, 2019, ATP will keep an eye uh, to see whether there is an improvement in the working capital and the cash flow. We see it as an important success parameter going forward, seen in the light of the disappointing development in these fields in 2018. 
other than the financial results, I'd like to comment on two other topics, diversity and then overboarding. Now, diversity is a big challenge in the mining industry. I'd like to praise F.L. Smith for trying to focus on increasing diversity in the company. We have understood that there are now two new women as part of the management team. And it's nice to see that you have your long-term objectives as regards diversity. They seem very realistic, these uh, goals, but are they ambitious enough? That could be my question. In recent years, uh, we have been uh, a bit worried about Van Johnson's many board positions, so it might be difficult to find the time um, if there are problems in more than one company at the same time. We are happy to see that Vaughn Sørensen has reduced his number of board positions considerably. We do hope this development will continue. Finally, let me just wish the management and employees all the best with their challenges in 2019. Thank you for your attention. Thank you very much. Over to the chairman of the board who will comment. I'd like to see if there's anybody else who wishes to speak after him. Mr. Kjellbeier, yes. Uh, but over to the chairman of the board, Mr. Vaughan Sørensen. Thank you very much, Klaus Berner-Möller, for uh, an excellent input, and thank you for your nice words concerning the uh, financial development in F.L. Smith. And I just want to comment on a couple of uh, points that you, that you raised. We ourselves, as I mentioned in my presentation, are not happy about the development in cash flow and working capital. And Vestergaard, the CFO, will just come up and comment after me on, the, on, the, on those points. This thing about diversity, yes, we are working very hard to achieve that, and I'm happy that you are noticing that. We haven't been happy with the development we've been able to present in 18, but um, simply because we have seen a higher turnover among female staff than male staff, and that's why we've seen a decline. We've taken the consequence. We have adjusted our total target, realizing that we should be realistic in the goal that we want to work for rather than uh, disappoint. So this uh, applies to 2019, but our long-term goal is higher. I said 13% in 23 in managerial positions. We're doing a little bit uh, better in the higher echelons of management, the vice presidents, the senior level, right, the vice presidents, and above that level. We are at 22.4% and our goal 23.1% and 23 our goal is 25.6%, and I'm happy that you noticed that the group executive management, we do have two out of seven, that's 28% uh, women. So, well, we, we are not moving as quickly forward as we would like to see, but I can assure you that this is a strong focal point for us. And uh, I think that was what I wanted to mention 
obviously I'm happy that uh, ATP has noticed that I've tried to reduce my board portfolio. I focus a lot on that also going forward. But thank you for your input. Lars, our CFO, would you like to comment a bit on the cash flow and the working capital, please? Thank you for your input. And we fully agree that cash flow is extremely important to F.L. Smith. And it was not satisfactory what we saw in 2018. In the non-continuing business, we had a very old case that we flagged a year ago. We said it was going to, there was going to be a major disbursement in the year. But this was a business that we found difficult to manage, that we have finally been able to sell. What happened last year was that we had many projects that we, that we uh, finished. We are not taking new projects in. So this is what happened last year, and we are happy that we are now uh, have been able to sell that business and can move forward from that. The underlying business in all of our incentive programs, the short-term and long-term, we have working capital and cash flow as major parameters for the incentive programs. So if we're not doing well on those parameters, all managers will, will well, it'll cost them, right? So we do focus a lot on these figures. We agree that we need to do better, and uh, we will show that in 2019. We will show that we can. So we do expect good progress on that parameter in 2019. And before giving the floor to Mr. Carl Claude Bayer, I would just like to ask whether there are other speakers. I have, for the time being, noted one more speaker after Mr. Bayer. Yes, I was told I should be brief, and I will do my best. Thank you. First of all, I'd like to congratulate you on an excellent result for this company. We are very happy with that. Many years ago at school, my, one of my teachers said, uh, if uh, something needs to be done and other people don't do it, then you have to do it yourself. And when I got here, I, somebody said to me they were too happy that I mentioned something about the Danish annual reports. I am here to again say that we need to get accounts in Danish. We are here to adopt a report and the accounts of the company. And when you look at it, there's something in Danish which makes a good report, but I don't see the figures. I don't see the accounts. Why? I'm here. I'm supposed to adopt something that is not actually being presented to the shareholders. I think you need to do better on this count. And I hope it would be easier to take it from the internet. I normally print out a report like the one I'm just showing you now. I want it in Danish, really. English is a great language, but we as Danes don't know all these fancy words. I don't know how many here are actually sort of really at home in the English language. When I write to the Danish parliament about thing, I sent them uh, something about uh, uh, the environment. 
they don't want to, to read it because it's in English, but we as shareholders are supposed to understand highly complex accounts in English. So I think the company, as a minimum, should present a five-year overview in Danish, the results, the balance, and an explanation of capital movements. That's where things are really happening, and we want to know what's happening there. Uh, in this company, as many others, you talk about CO2. Everybody's talking about CO2. The United Nations are talking about CO2. But why only talk about that? That's only, not the only source of pollution we have. We don't really know what the weather's really like because there's something called chemtrail or geoengineering which is that uh, up in the air they are uh, spraying out uh, substances. I don't know whether they are allowed, but this is what you see. Here's an airplane. They emit a lot of uh, pollution, nanoparticles, lithium, and so on. It's nothing to do with the engines. It's nothing to do with steam. It's actually something that is being sprayed. And this is in order to change the weather conditions. And you, this is the inside of an airplane with these huge tanks. So if you impose on companies such as Effort Schmidt to do a great deal about the CO2 emissions, well, we're being cheated because not everything is being included. What's happening beyond the CO2? Do we know what the weather's going to be like if we stop having these chemtrails? I said to Jesper Talgård, he said, that's just a conspiration theory. But Mr. Trump is saying, no, it's not. He's going to put an end to it. Uh, it's very relevant. NASA are also aware of it happening. I think we should take the overall picture because there's a lot of expense on reducing CO2 But I think it's bluff for the population and bluff from F.L. Schmidt because you're spending a lot of money to become CO2 neutral. And let me just advertise my little YouTube under Klaus Bay. I have a song, The New Planes in the Sky. There you can see images and hear a song about what is really happening. Thank you for giving me the floor. Thank you. The next speaker. Ingrise Knudsen, I have a very brief comment. I'm sorry, again, here to hear that you were again focusing on having a particular percentage of women in the executive management on the board. I hope this is not discrimination. It would be very sad if women are picked because of their gender and not because of their qualifications. And I agree with Klaus. I would much rather see you concentrate on limiting the number of board positions. We keep seeing the same people, and it would be good to see new faces and more people on the boards. Thank you. Thank you. Over to the chair of the board to comment on the input from Kjell Beyer and Lisa Knudsen.
First, thank you, Kael Bayer, for your input. Um, Thomas will be commenting a bit on the uh, CO2 emissions and a couple of other related topics. This thing about the financial statements in English, we've talked about this before. And uh, years ago, we reached the conclusion that the corporate language in F.L. Smith is English. The uh, demand for the financial statements in Danish, when they were offered, uh, was extremely low. So the cost of production was simply too high. Uh, so we're not going to go back to that. It works the way it is. I mean, the AGM is still being held in the, in the Danish language. I hope you appreciate that. That is my comment on that. Thank you. And Thomas will come back and comment on the uh, climate issue. English Knudsen, yes, competences are more important than gender, but we do believe in diversity. We do believe that diverse teams are, are good, uh, where we have both men and women on board. And the cooperation, the interaction there is good for business. It's good for F.L. Smith, and we can generate a better result by being diverse. And that is why we set these goals, uh, understanding that we're not doing well enough. We want a targeted effort to ensure that we can reach these goals, and that's why we have set these goals, like most other companies. And those were my comments. But thank you for your input. So, hello. Um, I will have not a comment on the airplanes and uh, what happens with airplanes and so on. I have no knowledge about that, to be honest. But one thing what I can guarantee you is that sustainability for us is a business driver. It's actually the core of that what we do. And I give you, when I see a lot of uh, former colleagues here sitting around, one comment. Since more than 135 years, we improve efficiency of cement plants. Cement stands for more than 8% or around 8% of the world's CO2 emissions. And we have clear setups to improve energy performance and to reduce CO2 emissions. But not only that, on water, we are the biggest supplier of water cleaning systems in the mining industry. We have more than 13,000 installations. A new technology, all involved in all running thickeners and equipment with water clarification would be 10 to 100,000 times higher in water saving than our total consumption of all our employees per year. That is the backbone of our business. To be a premium one, you have to be the one, number one in sustainability, and we drive that a lot. But one more word on it. It's not only about CO2. It's not only about water. It's about education. It's about safety. It's about giving opportunities to people all over the world. We are a very global Danish company. We are all over the world. We give a lot of opportunities, especially to young people, to join these two fantastic industries and to develop their life in it. But it, with our values, with our setup, what we spread around the world, and we are very attractive with it. And you see here in the two Many women, yeah, actually in the two front lines, our colleagues sitting, and when I look around, normally we don't do that, I think we have 14 different nationalities sitting here. And that reflects a little bit of that, what we have as a global Danish company to say in the world. 
We have one area where we are not performing well. Our gender diversity is not on the level as it should be. It doesn't make us happy. We have programs. We work on it. But we will never, ever choose anyone by nationality or gender over performance and competence. I can guarantee you that too. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Does anyone else wish to speak? That is not the case. So, Mr. Kelbayer, once again, a brief comment. It's not F.L. Schmidt that's letting the Danish population down. It's the government. How can they adopt a legislation that means that the Danish population uh, is less able to keep up with what's happening in Danish companies in the past, the Danes owned more than 50% of the listed companies. Now we own less than 50%. It's a disastrous development that the rest of the world is beginning to own Denmark. We don't own it ourselves. And it's simply bad leadership from our governments for generations. And they should simply say, in Denmark, we speak Danish and Anything that we need to approve of has to be in that language. There's been a lot of lobbying, but and we keep hearing that there's democracy and people decide, but nevertheless, we see that it's industry that decides how the cake should be cut. As regards the government, I can promise you there's going to be a general election quite soon, which is the case in Denmark. Any supplementary Comments from the chairman? That's not the case. Does anyone else wish to speak? No. So this was item one, the report that you take note of. You don't vote on that. That was item one. Item two on the agenda, that was the financial statements. Uh, it's been, they've been signed by the management board and external auditors. Any questions or comments on the financial statements? If not, they have been duly approved. The third item on our agenda, which the chairman also talked about, is the approval of the fees for the board directors. There is the final approval of the fee for last year, the one that you uh, uh, preliminarily determined the year before. And then there is the uh, as a separate item, the preliminary determination of the fees for 2019, uh, so unchanged fees uh, all around. Any questions or comments? If not, we have duly adopted 3A and B. Item 4, which you've also heard about, that's the uh, profit, and uh, it is proposed to pay out of the profit a dividend of 9 kroner, the AGM can reduce that but not increase it. Uh, does anybody wish to reduce the dividend? If not, I consider that to have been duly approved. That brings us to item 5, which is the election of members to the board of directors. The article associations specify there must be between five and eight members elected by the AGM, and then there are those elected by the employees. We have six members at the moment elected by the AGM, and is proposed to continue with six board members. The board is proposing, as you can see, to re-elect Vaughn Sørensen, Tom Knudsen, Richard Robinson-Smith, and Louise Eberhardt. And then they should be re-elected and newly elected Gillian Dawn-Winkler and Thras Volius Moir 
Moraitis uh, should be elected, whereas uh, Caroline Gregoire Marie and Marius Klobbers do not seek re-election. So there was a proposal for two new persons to be elected to the board. First of all, thank you to the two resigning members, Caroline Grégoire Saint-Marie and Marius Klobbers. They have been with us for seven and three years respectively and made a sterling effort. And uh, we really benefited from their committed contribution to the board work. We have two new members that we uh, are proposing here. And I'd like to briefly say that Jill Winkler, if you'd like to stand up, please. Jill Winkler has more than 20 years' experience from global mining, has worked at different levels in the mining industry, president, CEO at Goldsboro, a big mining company. But prior to her career in mining, she worked with accounts, audit, and investment banking. We see Jill as a strong future contributor to FL Smith with her knowledge and experience in mining, but also in regard to the uh, purchase, the sale and acquisition of companies and the financial aspects, stock markets, accounts and audits and all that. The other, second new member, Thrash Moratius, uh, if you would like to stand up, please, Thrash. He has more than 15 years' experience from the mining industry, one of the founding partners of X2 Resources, has worked more than 10 years for Extrata uh, as a member of the executive committee and group head uh, in charge of strategy and development. There, also a long career in consulting and other elements uh, he's worked with. But also he is an engineer. And we do believe that Thrash will become a very strong contributor to our board, uh, particularly because of his experience in mining, but also in regard to engineering, strategy development, financial markets, purchase and, uh, and sale of companies, and so on and so forth. Uh, so we are proposing Jill Winkler and Thrash Moraitis that they should be elected as new members to the Board of Directors. Thank you very much. Any comments or questions? Any other candidates? If not, we can conclude that. Congratulations and uh, to the existing members and to the new, two new members of the Board of Directors. The next item is the election of the auditor. The board is proposing to re-elect Ernst & Young. It's quite rare to see other candidates under this item, but it's not impossible. Any comments or queries? No. In accordance with the new rules, it has to be stated that this is on the basis of the, a recommendation from the audit committee, and they have said that they ha it has not been the committee has not been influenced by third parties and not subject to any agreements with third parties that restricted general meeting selection. So, no protests, no objections, so congratulations. Proposals from the Board of Directors, there are two proposals. They are quite un they're not controversial, 7-1, that's the renewal of existing authorization. Most companies ask for a standing authorization to increase the share capital if necessary. It's possible uh, to do it by up to about 10%. 
in accordance with the existing authorization. You can give the authorization for maximum five years at a time. So every year uh, you ask to have it extended by another year, the one that exists, expires in 23. So the, uh, the request here to extend it to 24 with and without preemptive right. So this is business as usual. Any questions? If not, I hereby conclude that this has been adopted, not only with a simple majority, but certainly with more than two-thirds majority, as is required. The next one is 7-2, and uh, this is uh, the acquisition of own shares, of Treasury shares. All listed companies ask for this standing authorization to buy and sell uh, their own shares, typically up to 10%, and typically until next year's AGM. And this is also what's being requested here. You can do it for a maximum of five years, and you can hold a maximum of 10% of your own shares. You must buy them at the uh, price on the stock exchange, plus minus 10%. Any questions? Uh, if not, this has been uh, duly adopted. Brings us to item 8. This is a proposal from shareholders. On behalf of critical shareholders, Frank Ornis proposes that the total remuneration to a member of the company's executive management must not exceed an amount equal to nine times the average remuneration for the company's employees. Mr. Orn has the floor. I think most of us are aware that there's growing inequality in the world, there's growing inequality in Denmark, and of course a company must decide whether they want to contribute to the inequality or try and limit it, and you can give a signal or you can leave it. But I have put forward this proposal because I have looked at the accounts, and the top management uh, receives about 40 times the average pay of an employee, four times the average. So in a new year, the executive management member has earned the equivalent of a year's pay for an employee in a very short time. And I'm just asking, is it okay to have this difference in pay between the CEO and the employees? Is it a good idea? Or should you perhaps try and reverse that order? It's not in my proposal, but uh, you can just say yes or no to what I'm saying. In the United States, they know that there is such a problem. In the United States, they have said that in the annual accounts, there should be an index indicating the salary of the CEO and compared with the average of the employees. This could be indicated in the accounts in the future. I'm just taking a a couple of figures out of your accounts today and added it up. You can simply do that little calculation so everybody can see what the difference is between the pay of the CEO and that of the employees. I think that would make the accounts more open and transparent. And my proposal is that as a maximum, the difference could be nine times. So the top CEO can not receive more than nine times the average salary of an employee. Nine times, that's three and a half million. 
I think most of us would be able to make ends meet on that. And and no no people think that the more money people get, the better performance they deliver. But three and a half million, that's not a bad pay. So I would like to have your reaction so that the max difference should be nine times the salary of an average employee in the company. Thank you. I give the floor to the chairman. First of all, I'd like to thank you uh, for this proposal, Mr. Frank Owen. Let me comment a couple of things. The fact is that this figure of 40 uh, compared with the CEO, it's true, it's 20.47. That's the correct figure. I don't know where the 40 gets from, but it's 20.47. And it's true, they in the United States, they have this indexation but they are actually struggling to get any meaning out of it because where in the world is your uh, workforce, what has been outsourced, what is in-house and so on, at the end of the day is pretty meaningless and you certainly cannot compare between uh, companies and it's arbitrary with respect to the way you've built up your company. But your specific proposal here, which is primarily what we're looking at, it's important for us to be able to attract the right workforce, the people we need to be able to be competitive and create good results for the company and thereby for the shareholders. There's a market regulation and there's a market price for this type of person. We don't have to stand out uh, uh, in comparison, but we do have to pay a salary that will allow us to attract the right people. Therefore, we cannot do this because it would be meaningless. I think we should set a qualified team from the board, and we should also therefore be able to appoint and retain the best possible CEO. That's a question of competition with other companies, not just at the national level, but in the world. As you can all hear, Thomas is not a Dane, and it's the international market that defines uh, the room for maneuver we have as a board. Therefore, we cannot have this kind of figure uh, as an indi indicator. We want to insist on the situation we have today, which is best for the company, and therefore we do not support Mr. Frank Owen's proposal. Mr. Owen, for a brief response. I didn't get a concrete answer to whether you would Publish the index in the accounts. Uh, this shouldn't just be a question of throwing figures at each other. Couldn't you say that in the future you will be publishing that figure? And if you're right that it's only 20 times the average salary, then the salary should be reduced to that. And if I'm right that it's 40 times, I still think it's too much. We'd have to live that, but it would be great if I have got my figures wrong. If the attitude of the board is it should be 20 times, I agree with that. Well, to be brief, 
I just uh, gave the figure 20 because I don't like the wrong kind of facts being bandied about. But it's not anything we need intend to publish, and it's not something that we will commit ourselves to in the future because basically we believe it is a meaningless figure. It's not an indication of anything that is relevant, and it will not be possible to interpret a figure like that. In any case, in a moment, we will have a vote so we can see who supports the proposal. But before that, do we have any more speakers? Before we move on to the vote, we will show you a video of how to use your voting equipment. Hvor der er din personlige stemmeseddel, som du skal bruge ved afstemning. Ved din ankomst blev din... Uh, well, so you were registered uh, with your e-voter when you arrived. You can only vote when the voting is open. You can see that on the screen of your e-voter. And when the vote is not open, your vote will not be registered. Please wait for the voting to open. When you're in favor or against, just use the buttons under the screen. If you want to vote for, you put push for. If you want to vote against, you press IMOD, which is against, and BLK is blank. And your e-voter will then send your vote to the recipient. You will get a receipt on your screen showing what you voted. You must ensure that you received this receipt. This is your assurance that your vote has been received. It can take up to 20 seconds before you receive your uh, receipt. As long as the voting is open, you can change your vote by pressing again. When the voting is over, the result will be shown. If you need any assistance, please contact a representative of the company. Stay in your chair and put up your hand if you need assistance. So it is very simple. There are only two buttons you need. Uh, those that you have FOR for and IMOD, which is against. And then you have blank. Uh, the voting will open uh, just in a little in a second. If by mistake you turned off your e-vote, you can turn it on on the button in the bottom right-hand corner. And if uh, you have a bit X, you can remove it by pushing delete. I don't think we have that problem. Why don't we try and open the vote? And hopefully it will say in the blue box for against and blank. So if you're in favor of Mr. Owen's proposal, press 4. If you do not support it, press against. It will be sent. And very quickly, you will get a receipt which says whether you voted one or the other. Does anyone have a problem in the room? As you heard, you could put up a hand and you will receive assistance. But it seems that things are going very well. No one needs assistance because when I say that the voting is over, I cannot reopen it. So you have to object if you have a problem. Everyone has voted. Okay, voting is over. And... The, f- the counting is going on here over at the side, and in a few seconds we'll get a result. In my own, on my own device, the light is now out, 
and we are waiting for the result. We have the result. We can get it on the screen. It was not adopted. The proposal was not adopted. That brings us to the next item on our agenda, which is any other business. And it means you can have the floor, but there can be no vote, no decisions made. Does anyone wish to speak under any other business before? Yes, there is a person who would like to speak. Please come up here before we have the chairman of the board round off the AGM. Could you put the numbers up again? It was 99 point something against. I'm sure we can see them again. I don't know if we can. Yes, we have it here. So we'll just leave that up here while I give the floor to the chairman of the board who will round off the AGM because this was the end of the formal items. Thank you. Thank you, Klaus. Sugo for taking us through the AGM as the chairman of the meeting. And thank you for all those turning up here for the AGM. Guests, shareholders, colleagues, thank you for being here. And thank you for your commitment to our company. We do appreciate that. So this is the end of the AGM. Safe journey home. Goodbye.